All right, Chavra. Good evening. A good night of Shabbos. Let us uh, let's get going. Let's keep uh, let's keep moving along and learning more from uh, from Bovavi. So we uh, we're going to begin the next parak. We're going to start is Parak Yudbeis, the uh, the twelfth chapter in Chelak Beis in the second volume of Bovavi, and this chapter Yudbeis chapter twelve is titled Va'anit Tefila. David HaMelech, King David says, Va'anit Tefila, I am Tefila. I am prayer. The essence of a Yid is Tefila. Tefila is a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And that's our essence. Our essence is that we're connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, So Va'anit Tefila. That's what I am. Which is why also all of us connect very much to Tehillim. At various stages and different times, different places, Davra Malach's tefillah and his yearning and his words for all of us, where not necessarily all the words do we connect with at all times, but it's really Tehillim is all about what Klal Yisrael is at a whole, as a whole. So it says, Levai Sheyespal Adam Kolyem Kula. If only, if only a person would daven the whole day, if only a person would pray the whole day. Now, what does this mean? What is what are we referring to? There's a foundational idea, which is that a person talk to Hashem, and when we talk to Hashem, we do it in second person, not in third person. We say, Hashem, you. Hashem, we, we don't say Hashem as in a third person. Hashem decided, that's third person. So you decided. We experienced this. This is one of the most important ideas, most important concepts. A person lives with Hashem. And not, I don't operate separately. It's not that I operate and Hashem operates and He takes care of me, but we have two different operations that work well in tandem. No. We have to live with Hashem. Not separate, but working together. Kilaimar, meaning. I'm sorry, Zui, uh, I skipped a line. Yeah. So let's establish with Hashem's help. Let's go to the next level of relationship and start to segue our, our way into tefillah, into David. Tefillah kemuvan. Tefillah, as understood, amiti shallah, he kemayish David melechayir al-atzmai va'anitil. David melech testified about himself. He said, I am tefillah. That's what defines me. Shalom aleichem, what's your name, David melech? Tefillah. That's my name. Tefillah. Prayer. Kol etzem ahav His entire existence, everything he was, kol the way his life was structured. Merisha v'ad gemira, from beginning to end, when he go, went through the first 28 years of his life, with being considered to be a mamzer, by his own family, being ostracized, being appointed by Shmuel Anavi, Try, uh, running from assassination, 
Tough stuff. Tough stuff. Mitzchilov, even once he became Dabra Melech, his own son rebelled and tried to kill him. But, his entire life was all about tefillah. What this means is like this. It says like this. Don't think davening means shachris, mincha, and marv. People say, I need to go daven. Dabra Melech would say, I need to be a daven. It's not shachris, mincha, marv. We do daven shachris mincha marv. But hamahalachu, the path is, ulevai, if only, if only, sheyispal adam kol kule. I would pray the whole day. Now what does this mean? Makavanas hadvarm. What does davra melech mean when he says, if only, I would pray the whole day. He wants to stand in a shul the whole day? What does this mean? So la'el, earlier, we spoke about, HaKadosh Baruch Hu nimtzel, the ad kol adam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is found mamish with, each person, and the same thing holds true with Hakadosh Baruch Hu's Pratas, His divine presence. That uh, we've been talking about being with Hashem, being double to Hashem. But one thing we haven't dealt with is how this connects with prayer. We didn't mention prayer yet. What does this mean? So, we've explained how a person could develop through their speech, through the thought process, through their feelings, that everything is HaKadosh Baruch we, We've explained that. The truth is, everything that we do along the way of gaining dveikus, gaining connection, gaining clinging to Hashem, has to be in tandem with tefillah. Every spiritual attainment must involve tefillah. Now, don't allow the word tefillah to be misconstrued with siddur. A siddur is how you daven. You can't, it's not that you only daven from a sitter. So we have to remove the word sitter and try to understand tefillah. What does this mean? What does this mean? So he says, let me explain. Let's explain like we did earlier on. We said a person has to understand personal connection with HaKadosh Baruch with the Baruch. For example, Adam mazes as We said, how do you know Hashem's there? So, here you go. A, a person moves his hand. He asks himself, me mazes, oh, how this hand just move? How this hand move? You know, it seems to everybody that I just moved my hand. But I, Hashem, I know. You know who truly moved my hand? It's you. You move my hand. It wasn't me, it wasn't others. You moved my hand. As the sages teach us, nobody can lift a finger below in this world. Unless it's been decreed from above. Okay, so 
I say this. Now, by the way, this is a tefillah. How do I turn it into a tefillah, which is a request? This is where tefillah kicks in. So we know it, we say it, it's going to come to feeling, and this is where tefillah is introduced. So I say, Hashem, I know you moved my hand. I know that. Now that a person has gotten involved, mamish in the world of Ashkacha Pratis, so we're going to say is as follows. We say, Rabbi Nishlel, if you don't help me, I'm talking to you, Hashem, if you don't help me, recognize your Hashkacha Pratis. The same way I can't lift a finger, I can't have a connection with you without your help. Everything in this world needs you. What can I do, Hashem? Rak litzor asrusa detlasa, yeah. <laughs> what can I do? I can just arouse myself from below. I can try to inspire myself. But the only success is going to come from you. I could go through the motions, Hashem, but the success of the motions I need you for. So on one hand, I'm going through and I'm articulating and I'm expressing <clears throat> everything we've been describing. At the same time, we need to know tefillah. What's going to bring success even to our Avedas Hashem? It's tefillah. It's recognizing this with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is how you speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in second person. You. You. And praying in such a way brings a person to my essence is prayer. I am to feel. Because I am what I talk to. I am what I experience. And that becomes tefillah. Because I'm experiencing, <clears throat> I'm experiencing tefillah. Okay? Everything's in its, uh, everything in its place. Everything's in its time. And all the avoda that we have with our connection to Hashem, says Bovavi, here's the added nakuda, the added point of this chapter, which is, you need to include, in, you have to include tefillah with it. Success in everything. Success in everything is with tefillah. When a person is working on this idea, we stand, we stop and we stand in front of Hashem, we say, Rabbi Shalaylam, I see. Hashem, let me tell you Hashem, I see there's many people who get blessing in their life even without following your commandments. People don't follow your Torah, they have blessing in life. People don't do mitzvahs, they get blessing from you. Okay. Nira seems to me. Hashem, that seems to me that I can receive things without prayer. There are people who have blessings they never prayed to you in their life. Mitzad Sheni, on the other hand, Ani Maimon, I believe, Odevre Chazal, the words of the sages that teach us, Shalakol Shev Shadam writes a Mispakesh Asfila. 
If you want bracha, it has to come through prayer. Hashem, I'm praying, I'm asking you. That I understand the truth in the words of the sages. And that my understanding is clear and sound. Even though with my meat eyes, with my physical eyes, it seems like you can have blessing without prayer. I need to know this. I need to understand this. I need help grasping this. When there's a lack of clarity, that also should turn into a tefillah. That also should turn into uh, into prayer. And we need to contemplate this, and we have to go over this and review it, and say to Hashem, Hashem, I know if I don't daven, I'm not going to accomplish anything. But I don't feel this strongly yet because I have confusion. But I know this in my mind. Because Chazal tell me, the problem is it's in my mind. It's not my feelings, so I'm confused. See, mind leads to confusion. Essence, there's no confusion in essence. So the more we have the Rabban Shalom in our essence, the less confusion we have. So we say, Rabban Shalom, I'm asking you, help me feel tefillah, and not only that, help me feel the need for tefillah, so that I can live with tefillah. And when we do this over and over again, we'll realize, taka true, that without tefillah, you can't really attain much. You need much to attain tefillah. And I want to bring out a nakuda, a point over here, that um, uh, I heard from a shir, Rabbi Kalish, Rabbi Kalish from Waterbury, uh, gave a shir, and he expressed a very facet, uh, an interesting point. He said like this. You know, as humans, one area that I, I, I don't have clear, so maybe other people do, I don't know. But if I'm, if I'm normal, then I guess other people, some people might know. I, I'm, I'm assuming if, if I don't know, then there's a chance, at least there's a chance others may not know. Um, and uh, it, it leads to confusion. And that's like this. There's something called collateral damage. Collateral damage nowadays is a big word. What I don't know is when it's appropriate, when it's not, when it starts, when it ends. Okay, so I'm assuming that if I'm struggling with this, there's a chance at least other people are trying to understand this as well. What is the line of collateral damage? Now, the word is being thrown around nowadays as far as the, um, the uh, Am Yisrael's fight against evil. Yeah, it's a fight of good versus evil. And within the fight of good, good versus evil, there's collateral damage. There's people who are being hurt, things that are being destroyed, because the evil needs to be gotten rid of. Now, the other things that are being destroyed and hurt are not necessarily evil. It's not necessarily evil. So how do you know when to keep going, when to stop, when collateral damage is appropriate, not appropriate? I don't have the, 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 the fine line there. I don't have the fine line. I think it's a fascinating conversation. But what's the message when we're living in a world that's fighting over and arguing about and getting very, very uh, angry 
about extent of collateral damage. So collateral damage is a reality of humanity. It doesn't only apply to wars. It applies to when I when you choose to live somewhere. You choose to live somewhere. I'll give an example. I'll give an example. Baruch Hashem, we have the tremendous merit to live in St. Louis. Hashem wants us to live here. My family. Okay? Hashem wants to live here. I know that with confidence. There's collateral damage. Which is, my children are not going to uh, see their grandparents often. You could be doing the, the right thing, but there's a trade-off. If you choose to go anywhere, there's, you could be losing out in something else. Okay? That's, that's the, the trade-off of things. But we all agree that pretty much in everything that exists in life, there's a loss taken by a decision made. Very few things in life will have no loss taken. Okay? You got where going with this? Now listen to this. This is not true with the Rebbe It's not true with the Rebbe This is the message that Mikhailish was bringing out. In this world, there's collateral damage. And everybody's talking about this. But you know where our, if we put our heads, our feelings, our essence, where there's no collateral damage? Rebbe Which means, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a plan for me, and he puts me somewhere, and he puts me in a situation, there is no collateral damage that comes out from Hashem's plan. Every human plan will come out, there's, you're going to lose out on something else. You're going to naturally take a loss. But they're banished them, no, 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 it's, impo- it's complete. They're shlemus. If he puts me in a spot, in a place, that means that's perfect. It's meant for me. I, but no, no there, there's no loss by me being here. Zero. There's no loss by this happening. Zero. It's not like God had a plan, but part of it knew me. He's like, God, listen, I have this plan for Tendler. You know, I can't figure this out. <laughs> well, what, what am I going to do? Uh, give him this plan. But that, all right, so no, there has to be a trade-off. See, we're always weighing out risk versus reward and, no, and knowing. With the Rebbe that doesn't exist. It's not like, oh, I have a plan and therefore the other, you got to lose out in that way. No, there's perfection. There's perfection. There's no loss. It's, a, it's, it's perfect. Now, this is a, a, a deep foundational idea that us as humans have a tough time wrapping our brains around. That any situation has perfection in it. The same way we can't wrap our heads around having infinite perfect plans. We're stuck. Our plan falls apart. We move to the next plan. And move to the next plan. And then we're like, okay, so now what? Like, this is not as good. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had a plan for me before my last Bechira a half hour ago. And if I failed, he still has the next perfect plan for me. And if I was successful, he has still the perfect plan for me. And there's always, every second of my life, a perfect plan. Even though my Bechira changed it. There's no trade-off. There's no loss. There's no lack. It's, everything's in place. 
So when working in areas of of devekas to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and saying I'm with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and I'm working on feeling Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and I'm articulating it with like the Bavavi taught us in, in Parak Tes and the previous chapters, bringing Hakadosh Baruch Hu into the daily life, we also have to appreciate the the nature of tefillah, which is necessary to grasp this. And we have to say, Hashem, I need, I don't have these strong feelings yet, but I know when I turn to you, there's perfection. There's clarity. There's understanding. And therefore, I need you to help me, either within my tefillah, or I need you to help me feel the need for tefillah. If I myself am confused, like a person could say, oh, I see other people have bracha. It seems like, they got it without davening, but we know that's not true. Chazal tell us it's not true. It's impossible. It's an impossibility that something is kulay bracha without tefillah. So what do we do when we're in this state of confusion? We turn to God's baruch and we daven. And we say, help me feel the need for tefillah so that I, could, I can live like this. Because I know, I know for a fact that even though things look like it, nothing can be attained without tefillah. Why not? Why can't it be attained without tefillah? So we're going to hold it here for learning inside. But what Bovavi is going to guide us to, he's going to give us a parable uh, coming up, which is that if somebody goes to a store and wants to purchase a bottle of soda, that's going to be his example. So the storekeeper takes out the bottle and begins to hand it to him. And as the storekeeper stretches out his hand, the buyer removes his hand and the bottle falls to the floor. Okay? So Bavav is going to teach us that the way tefillah works, the way tefillah works, is that tefillah is a receptacle. Tefillah is a buyer's hand. Which means Hashem, the storekeeper, could be offering us and have a lot of things ready for us. But without tefillah, we're never going to be able to receive it. This is very profound. It's very profound. If a person doesn't have tefillah in their life, it might look like you have it, you don't have it. You think you have it, you don't have it. Because tefillah is the receptacle. And this applies to all areas of Avaida. When a person... It seems like somebody has a big house. Somebody has finances. Hashem gave them all these things. They don't have it. They don't don't have a big house. They don't have whatever they're looking for. They don't have have these things. What do you mean? They're living there. They're doing that. But you don't have it. What do you mean you don't have it? We'll have to define what having is. Having doesn't mean you have a deed on it. Having means... You're comfortable with it. It's part of you. It is you. It's deserving of you. There's 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 uh, fulfillment in it. That's having it. A lot of times you have something and it just drives you crazy. Or it doesn't drive you crazy. You just can't connect with it in the real way because you don't have the receptacle. So where Bovab is going to take us next week is not only to bring tefillah into our... Uh, into all areas of our avodas Hashem, besides the articulation and davening to Hashem to help the feeling and all these things, 
But it's also important to have tefillah because otherwise, even when something seems like we have it, we're never going to truly have it. Tefillah is going to be the receptacle to receive anything from uh, to receive anything from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and that's what allows us to to remove the separation. Okay, we'll hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, beautiful Shabbos, everybody.